say can you see <laughs> by the dawn's early light I'm doing the explosions. I'll skip to and the rocket <laughs> Little known fact, Francis Scott Key was actually writing about aliens. Welcome to Your Inner Child is an Idiot, the podcast where we revisit things from your childhood and crush any lingering hopes you had that they were any good. I'm DJ. Over here's Damon. Hello. Hey, Damon. Hello. Hi. Okay. All right. I'm just going to talk over you the whole time. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, 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 yeah. Welcome to Fox News. <laughs> Let me ask you a question that I think everybody in the audience is going to want to know. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Does anybody have any missiles left? <laughs> Because today oh, we're talking about Independence Day, not the song by Martina McBride. <laughs> yes, hit. We're going to isolate the tracks one by one, and we're going to talk uh, about it for two hours. Yep. So Classic. could free up some space on your iPhone. No, we are talking about 1996? Question mark. I think 94. 90, question mark. Uh, Roland Emmerich. Yes, you're correct. Directed on that. film. Gay man. Independence Day, not. Independence Day colon resurgence, which is soon to come out uh, next week as of, the, as of the recording of this podcast. Um, are you looking forward to that new sequel? Let's talk about that. I'm going to tell you no. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like all the charm, uh, particularly in that Will Smith is gone. Yeah. But I am very sexually attracted to Jeff Goldblum, so I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to not see it. You're to current day? Oh, yes. Yeah. With the salt and pepper? Yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah. Now, do you know... Maybe Mr. Apartment or whatever, the Apartment Finder commercials? That, really? Those are... Those <laughs> yeah. Push your buttons, huh? Yeah. Boop, 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 boop. That's you. Those are my buttons. buttons. Okay. Uh, do you know that they have a different black guy? Because they have a different black guy in the movie. Yeah, he's playing the, the son. <laughs> the son. He might be charming, but I'm not familiar with his work as I am the former and deposed Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. So he plays the grown-up version of the son that appears in this movie. Yeah. We're supposed to, we're, I'm I mean, shooting the aliens, Daddy. Yeah. So he grew up to fulfill that promise. Yeah. Good job, kiddo. It's very rare that you see a young kid who has a focus on his goals. <laughs> so, And they say millennials can't get anything done. <laughs> uh, mostly just asshole baby boomers say that. Yeah, but. mostly my dad. Um <laughs> Whoa. Sorry, Jeff. Sorry, I didn't Harry. To, Sorry, You made me Harry. insult your dad. I didn't... Tricked you. <laughs> gotcha. Journalism. Um, I Sarah Palin'd you just then. So normally with this show, we will... Use are you wait? Hold on. I'm sorry. Are you into the sequel? Are you excited about this? I'm definitely going to go see it. It seems like homework a little bit, though, doesn't it? Doesn't it feel like ah, uh, we got to go see the Independence Day movie that's coming out? Like I don't no. feel like a lot of people are like, oh man, you can see that new Independence thing. I I mean, like, I'll be cautiously optimistic because it just th- looks like a lot of. I guess it's set. I guess in a future in the present, but the present that would have occurred after. Yeah. You know, you shot down an alien race and stole all their technology. Later. Yeah. So I it looks really futuristic, and it looks really not interesting. It is. this The original movie did come out in 1996, because this is 20 years later. So Oh, is that the yeah. idea? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, eat on, eat on that. Should I just leave for the rest of the show? Yeah, I got this. <laughs> I'll be cautiously optimistic with the sequel, because I really enjoyed this movie when it came out, like uh-huh. the original. And I think it could be well done. I don't know that it will be, and I have some doubts. And I think it's weird 
that they're doing it like a sequel 20 and it's kind of exhausting in the way that all these sequels that are happening and the wave of nostalgia that this exact podcast is rave where has there been like a a a 10 year late sequel that you've enjoyed 10 plus year late sequel that you've enjoyed i don't know can you name some examples i guess mad max fury road the Uh, hobbit would be one of them the new star wars the new star wars uh, the new new Star Wars, right? Force Not the Awakens. new old Star Wars, but the new new Star Wars. Uh, so, I mean, I think it can be done. You just have to like let it live on its own, like or you know, develop it as its own movie, and not or just, just like remake a, the first one. I'm looking at you, JJ Abrams. Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, there's there's something to be said for that, and there's plenty of criticism to be levied uh, leveled at those movies. Jurassic Level. World is another one. Yeah, that, that basically just remade the first one. But that movie, like, I think I think Jurassic World sucked. If we're gonna be, yeah, I'm honest. surprised by how much people liked it because I'm like, yeah, I saw this the first time well, and, and it was got, a lot better that time they and got, a lot less sexist that time. For they some got reason. me like when if you you know how like if you go to the fair and you're like, <laughs> oh my god. There's like food on sticks and there's a, a Ferris wheel and then like later you're like that kind of sucked, right? I but just you have like, diarrhea now. That's all I can show for it. That's how I felt about Jurassic World. Like when it was happening, I was like, dinosaurs are on the big screen, yay! And uh, I like Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt, I think he's cool. Like I, I but even he was kind of boring. In he, it. having watched it a few times now, like it's terrible. It's a bad movie. He's the only good, good things about it are the beats that are almost directly lifted right. from the first one. When the first one, you know, had so much heart that it's weird to like watch this sort of like antiseptic rehashing of it without any of that. And I mean, I don't want to keep like beating my liberal drum, but I mean, the the fact that 22 years earlier you had Laura Dern playing a female character yeah. who they don't make a big show of it, but she's an equal partner in, yeah. you know, she saving agency, people's lives. Has, yeah. Right. And she just does shit and she's capable and able to do things on her own. Meanwhile, we get this weird like throwback character in the new one where she's like, yeah. I wear high heels and I don't want kids. And then by the end she's like, ah, kids are all right. Maybe I'll settle down. Yeah. They just it was like, weird. I think they were trying to make the same sort of character, but they just failed. I don't Why think are we they talking were about trying. Jurassic Park? I don't know. I just got so angry, <laughs> but I will tie it together in that you had Chris Pratt, who is charming in other movies, and then yeah. turned him into this like stick in the mud. Even though he was a right stick in the mud, but he was still a Laura, stick in the mud. Lauren, my wife, and I can't help but just see Burt Macklin, the, like, <laughs> the character that he does seem like he Burt plays, Macklin. like his character Andy Dwyer in Parks and Rec plays a fake FBI that's his, agent. That's his uh, alter fake ego. Fake name, yeah. yeah. And uh, it's really funny because he's just like, Burt Macklin. And that's exactly the character he's playing, except for yeah. he's not joking. Squinting and looking serious at things. And yeah. I think it's weird in this one that they, again, like remove Will Smith entirely, who is sort of like the everyman in that movie, in the first movie. Right. And he's very funny. He has really good comic timing. Not that Jeff Goldblum doesn't have that, but... But he's not the comic relief in the movie. Right, yeah. and he's not... He, I think they played off of each other really well, in yeah. that Jeff Goldblum was the guy like, you, we all look, gotta look out. And yeah. Will Smith was like, I'm gonna save the world, you right. everyone. That was my solid good. Will Smith impression. That was pretty good. Hey guys, I'm Will Smith. Smell you later, Holmes. Wow. All that, all that parroting of parents just don't understand really paid off. <laughs> anyway, I just think it's weird that if with well, a minute, I feel like it's almost like Hannibal, like the movie Hannibal, the minute Jodie Foster was like, I'm not doing it. They're like, oh, okay, we're not making the movie. Like right. the minute Will Smith was like, I'm not coming back. I'm like, he came back for Men in Black 3, but he's not coming back for your movie. Red flag, red flag, oh, yes, red flag. Yeah. There's a, like the PR answer is that he was working on 
uh, Suicide Squad, I think. Oh, and, there's another one that looks like homework. But uh, I don't know if that's the truth or if he was just like, yeah, this doesn't look very good. Mm-hmm. I will say, Men in Black 3 was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Men in Black 2, I thought was terrible. But, but oh. you know, what? I mean, it doesn't, it's neither here nor there. Uh, we can go on a rant about that if you want. We already wasted some time on Jurassic Park. I would love to do Men in Black because I like that. The original I do movie. like Men in Black yeah. 1. Um, so normally during this first part of the podcast, we'd be sort of just like <laughs> talking. Well, first of all, we'd be talking about the actual movie that we're going to watch. Instead of just ancillary projects. But uh, also, we, you and I have both seen this movie many times recently, I think. To the point where, I mean, the funny lines are no longer that funny to us. So you start like just picking out lines that weren't intended to be funny, but someone yeah. just says it's just slightly off. A little weird. For yeah. example, when they're in that whatever air fight at the end yeah. and everyone's run out of missiles and bill pullman says i don't even know what i find so funny i'm excited to watch it again and figure yeah. out what it is but he goes does anybody have any missiles yeah. it's just so and i think it's ridiculous gotten, it's gotten mutated into <laughs> yeah, even right. more ridiculous Where it's just minds. a muppet it's just cookie monster with a helmet <laughs> yeah. on it's not that weird so there's uh i think this movie is going to hold up in that we know what it is like it is but what a, are your memories as a kid of seeing it? I thought this was amazing. Actually, this was there was a little bit of baby baby hipster moment in the fact that I <laughs> uh-huh. my sister was into hip hop, and so I knew who Will Smith was from uh, DJ DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince from like his first record that was big, mm-hmm. and then when he had the show, I knew that I was like, oh hey, that's that rapper guy, and then. Uh, Jazzy Jeff and Friends, but the show Jazzy Jeff and Friends. Independence Day was the first time I realized that not everybody knew that, that they were right. like, because after, shortly after this is when he did his like music comeback, because he was a huge Big Willie movie style, style. all in it. Yeah. And then uh, at the turn of the millennium, excuse me, millennium. <laughs> Which we all call it now, the yeah. president signed a thing, it's the millennium. But he start, he came back in music and they're like, oh, he does music too. And I'm like, yeah. So it was the first like my instance right. of of like... You guys didn't know that. I was into a Will Smith before I was like, Yeah, I've been waiting for Will Smith to welcome me to Miami for a while now. Until (laughs) I remember Nightmare on my street. Uh, (laughs) If you're into like cheesy, kind of terrible rap, I do recommend his first couple of albums. Um, But uh, also, like, I loved this. I thought it was amazing when it came out. Like, I thought it was uh, like a perfect summer blockbuster, and I like watched it. As any um, tween, I was really into watching Siskel and Ebert as a kid in syndication. (laughs) Um, And they absolutely... (laughs) I'm just imagining you, like, dressing up as Ebert for Halloween. Guys, guys, Chicago Tribune, guys. Who am I? I, um... You know the newspaper. Come on, you guys. Come on, don't make me have to say it. Reviewing movies... Thumbs down. <laughs> um, but I remember they hated this movie, and I was kind of like heartbroken. I hadn't seen it yet, but I was yeah. like, but I was really excited about the movie. All the landmarks get blown up. Yeah. Um, and then I went to see it. I think I went to see it with my brother, or we went to see it like around like the same weekend because then we converged, and I was like, I still liked it. Yeah. I felt like kind of bad because I was like, I still kind of liked it. Like and in fact, because it was such a huge hit. Ebert, uh, Siskel and Ebert like reviewed it on their show again. Yeah, and they were like, "Did we miss something?" Yeah, and they still hated it. Uh, was this? The, I think this was the first of the wave, or at least that wave of 
disaster porn kind of movies where it was like big monuments getting blown up and like the Michael Bay sort of yeah like because like, Michael Bay was still bad boys at this point which is like you know like also Will Smith Will Smith yeah which is like definitely stuff blows up but it's not the it's not the Washington Monument yeah and I feel like this was maybe I don't know if it was the first first but it was definitely the first of that like well Roland Emmerich really likes because he also did Day After Tomorrow yeah he did to the 2012 like he loves saying oh you recognize that building boom <laughs> yeah. oh the Guggenheim oh. running out of landmarks though was it the 12th Street subway station? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, we could probably rebuild it. Got <laughs> one that attached to it. <laughs> um, so, I mean, he, I mean, that's a staple of his yeah. repertoire. Was this, like, was this the first? I mean, this, this is was his, his first. first big movie, yeah. I think. But I mean, I'd have what, to look. I think he does have another movie that we would know, but yeah. I, it's, not, it's not this. So I definitely remember Will Smith being really funny. Like I thought he, he was really, really charming and funny in this, and uh, and uh, Goldblum. We also have uh, a token gay in uh, Harvey Firestein. Uh, I do remember liking Harvey Firestein, and you have Harry Connick Jr. Not a token gay, but he does get a weird gay joke in it. Oh, I remember does? that. Oh, when he's like down on one knee or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Forgot about that. It's not. It's not. It's not as bad as it could have been in the mid nineties. Yeah. <laughs> because Roland Emmerich is a homo. And uh, Harvey Firestein just kind of plays Harvey Firestein. Yeah, like, he does his thing. It's hard to is, be like that's a stereotype. I'm just like just him playing. <laughs> ah. <laughs> um, I am sad that he dies, though. I remember him dying and being like, yeah. "Oh, the faggot dies." Oh. And doesn't he say like, "Oh fuck" or something like that? Yeah, something. He did- it's like, "Oh shit" or something. Yeah. Um, but whatever that he gets to toe the line of the PG-13 rating. Right. That's the one fuck they get. Or something. Um, yeah, I remember, and this is Jeff Goldblum at his hottest, I will say, because he's in, in like a white tank top this whole yeah. movie. This um, and, and Jurassic Park are kind of peak Goldblum. He's in all that leather in Jurassic Park. Pugh. So hot. Speak for You're yourself. You're in an equatorial climate. But he, he doesn't get the reclining. Equatorial, not equatorial. The reclining shirtless scene in this movie. Oh, yeah, like that's he does true. That's a good point. Um. Do you have uh, so you went to see it and the, and you liked it? Do you have any other like memories? Um, I mean, my this is one of the few movies that every time it's on, my dad is watching it. Yeah, like somehow he knows. He just like wakes up in a cold sweat and goes downstairs and turns turns on the TV and watches the last yeah. half. Uh, so I mean, this is this is a little bit cheating because I'm I'm very familiar with this movie. Yeah, I see it at least on July Fourth whenever they play it on yeah. T- TBS nonstop. It's, been, it's probably been a good while before I, since I've seen the entire movie from front to back. It's a good point because it's the one you catch on TV a lot, and um, I think that this movie gets a lot of the like sort of good summer blockbuster pass where you're like, I'm sure there's stuff that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Like in terms of like just plot or like, well, why would the aliens blah, 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 you know, like, right. But, it, but nothing, it's fun. Nothing so it's- that really, at least in my memory, nothing that really stands out to like, well, that kind of ruins the, like signs, why, oh, yeah. you know, which was not a good movie in my opinion, but why would you invade a planet that's made of water if you like, you know what Are I mean? highly allergic to water. And you're like clearly an advanced race if you got here in the first place. Uh, but we don't know that they're advanced. Well, they were able to travel. Maybe to, they stumbled upon at least technology, technologically. And otherwise they were like, this one looks good. Yeah, could be. Fine. We're spending a lot of time talking about other movies. In this. Yeah. <laughs> but the, I don't think there's anything like that where the, like the logic is sort of distracting. 
where you're like, there's, I'm sure there's plenty, and obviously well, a lot you of, never know, but... Uh, a lot of hay and cyber ink has been spilled about the, the way we bring them down at the end. Sure, yeah. But that one never bothered me, even after like hearing the argument, because the, the argument is, of course, at the end, Jeff Goldblum uploads a virus, right. a computer virus, to the, the, the system's mainframe. He hacks into the mainframe and disrupts the motherboard or whatever. Yeah. And... Uh, and then that brings all the shields down and they're able to kill them. Yeah. But that doesn't bother me because I feel like the movie establishes that they're using our satellites to talk to each other. So right. I feel like that's the movie saying they have something Which that can really, speak to our satellites. So they're using our network similar in enough. Yeah. And, and uh, I feel like they did all they need to do as a blockbuster to explain that stuff yeah. away, which is like two sentences where they're like, oh, they're, pr- they're very similar to us. They say that at some point and they say they're using our satellites, which is like, okay, fine. Well, I just mean that they would probably just mimic our technology exactly and be like, yeah, yeah we just need to use these satellites. And we can talk to each other. Great. They use and, ones and zeros. And I, one's not a, a circle, one's a line do it being someone who's not a computer programmer i'm like yeah just hack it that's fine yeah i'm sure there's like a specific like oh no you can't do that because well, not without a linux system <laughs> but i mean it's it's enough it doesn't matter that yeah. much and i feel so, like the movie does enough of the groundwork where i'm like yeah that makes sense. that's all you need really i mean to there's some people you're never going to please but also that's if you give some sort of logical throwaway sentence or two then i'm good you're like yeah. at least you realize that this is a thing and you address it that's all you really need to do uh you know to sort of like get rid of some of those problems for most yeah. people like it doesn't unless so it's that it too far of a jump then i'm just like no yeah. too far yeah so i don't know we'll see how that stacks up like you know now but i don't remember that any of that distracted me too much um i think this is gonna be a lot of fun uh i think it's a fun movie uh-huh. um despite the fact that most we've of the about it. gets blown up. Yeah, true. Um, and we've talked about anything else but it. Yeah. <laughs> throughout this intro. So uh, we'll see. We're going to check it out. It's on uh, Amazon and iTunes right now as of June 16th. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see you on the other side after we watch. Whoa. After we die. See you on the other side. After we die and watch Independence Day. <laughs> see you in heaven. Bye. <laughs> I look like a Granny Smith apple doll that some (laughs) child carved in a general suit. This movie might... I I didn't see it on the trivia for IMDb, but I think this is the movie with the most gravelly voices. Ah, A lot of Robert Loge just looking at things and going, ah. Yeah. And then then that was the Bill Pullman. The Bill Pullman. Ah. Like, they have a conversation and you're kind of like, Who's talking? Ah. It's like uh, that um, old SNL skit with Tarzan, Frankenstein. And <laughs> who's the other one? I can't remember now. Tarzan, Frankenstein, and some Squ- other Squanto. It was Squanto yeah. or Tonto. Squanto. Tonto? Squanto is real. I Squanto's think Tonto real. Is fake. Tonto's fake. Okay. Well, we're back. We watched Independence Day, the yep. original yep. ID four. 
Um, Remember when they were trying to push that on us? Well, I don't know if you read in the trivia, but uh, apparently that was a sort of code name that they came up with because Disney owned the rights to the title, movie title. Right, I saw that. Which I'm pretty sure fucking America owns. (laughs) Good one, yeah. Nice try, Disney. Disney. Um, So ID4 was like, they couldn't quite call it Independence Day yet. But it only makes it more confusing because four... It sounds like it's a sequel, the fourth yeah, one. Yeah, to ID. Um, so let's do, let's breeze through this recap. Almost everybody knows what happens in this movie. That's what I think. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I think so, but I'm still going to try and derail this Fuck. recap. I know I promised while we were watching that I wouldn't, but... Uh, promise me. Promise me, Damon. That's what I said. <laughs> uh, promise me you'll come back. Don't be on the front lines. We got some 90s font. To start it off. And, and then blowing up credits. Explode! <laughs> so, we've got July 2nd, a.k.a. Act 1. A.k.a. Um, not Independence Day. Already right. some We're setting up for it. Get that on the goofs list for no, uh, that is not a goof. IMDb. Uh, we've got a moon shot. We've got, uh, got a, a moon sh- shot, shot yeah. of everything happening on the moon. And then uh, uh, the big spaceship... You the shadow of the big mothership going over the moon, which was really cool, actually. Literally erasing the footprints of man's walk on the moon. Mm. Think about it. Uh, SETI, the uh, search for es- extraterrestrial intelligence, gets a signal. That are the kind of the first ones that see what's going on. While listening to REMs, it's the end of the world as we know it. Um, Beep on the nose there. <laughs> There's a on lot the of on-the-nose stuff going on here. We get uh, Robert Loja. <laughs> makes his first appearance. Uh and he gives one of the first one. He's like the space. Com- his actual title is like space, space commander command or something like that. <laughs> uh huh. Sure. Which is interesting. He's not the joint chief or anything like that. Um, also, I found out that um, joint chief man. What's the, Got the, the joint lo- chief love interest character? The uh, Goldblum's love interest. What's her name? She's the chief of staff. I don't know. She's her. not the chief of staff. I looked it up. Oh. She's the communications director. Even though she's clearly the president's right hand man. I don't know if this is some like. That like, explains why she was reciting a speech. Yeah, while he was, but it's kind it. of—is that some just mild misogyny? Because there is no chief of staff then. Yeah, that's true. This isn't Aaron Sorkin, though. Let's—it's not. I know, the but deep, uh, yeah, deep ins and outs of Washington. It's true, but I don't understand why it's like she's the right hand man of the president. Why don't they just make her the chief of staff? Women can't be chiefs. Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> um, we got uh, Laura Roslin, uh, the president of the. Uh, the, Who? I don't know, the 13 colonies in Battlestar Galactica, a.k.a. Oh, I was like, huh? A.k.a. the First Lady. Oh, um, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just introducing characters, because that's kind of what the first 10 minutes of the movie are basically like. Uh, the thing I didn't remember when we were talking about this is how huge this cast is. And how huge the minute total is. Yes, it's also very long. <laughs> by, by the way, we're probably too late, but warning, this is kind of long. What uh, is it, 160 minutes or something? Something like that, 140 yeah. minutes. Too, yeah, it's it's pretty, Too many minutes. Yeah. Blow some monuments up already. <sighs> Get to it. Um, so we've got... Uh, May- yeah, we meet the first lady. She's over uh, hanging out in L.A. She's in L.A. kind of defending the president's policies or something, doing first lady things. And Hillary got, Clinton-esque first lady. We've got a wee Mae Whitman. Ooh, her? Uh, it's his. She calls it a May and the, egg. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's his. Anne is the plane on Nose's face or whatever. Close enough. I messed up that question. Uh, I put Lady Chief of Staff, but that is not correct. But um, we've got uh, Judd Hirsch. 
Jeff Goldblum's overdosing on on the Yiddish. Like he's so Jewish. What with he's the actually, chess? We're playing chess over here. Too, he's like the state of Israel come to life at one point. <laughs> We've got your favorite Fire, Harvey Firestein um, makes his first appearance. He's David's. Who's uh, Jeff Goldblum's character's boss? I think, but it's not clear because they, they seem to have like a pretty equal relationship. But um, and uh, we get one of my favorite lines to to quote: uh, Goldblum sees that someone has thrown a can in the trash can instead of the recycling. He says, "My God in heaven!" <laughs> it's pretty funny. Hot Jeff Goldblum. Don't breeze by it. He's looking good. He's yeah, looking fine. Looks like this. he did a little bit of a with his transition lenses. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's been doing this chest day. Yeah, uh, definite chest day. Um, we got uh, not Joseph Gordon-Levitt uh, as uh, just. Can we just round up the kids into being one character? The three kids yeah. of Randy Quaid. There's not Joe Golev. There's not Keanu Reeves, who's the oldest one, and, and then, then the girl who Mrs. was Doubtfire. was the girl in Mrs. Doubtfire. Yes, and uh, who we just kept saying her because she never seemed to have a full she had, line. Like, two so we lines, just maybe kept giving yeah. her the line. I was in Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> Every time they just look at her face, and she just kind of reacts slowly. I was in Mrs. Doubtfire, um, and they're all the kids of Randy Quaid's character, um, Russell Case, who is a alcoholic crop duster. He flew in. Uh, Vietnam and clearly has some sort of post-traumatic stress disorder that he's dealing with. He's also kidnapped by aliens and at one point. Drunk flying. Which, Crop dust, uh, yeah. Yeah, so we get a setup that uh, sets him up as a crazy person because he was claims that he was abducted by aliens, although that's totally possibly legitimate now. Yeah. Um, we'll get to which that Which is later. fine in the first act when they're like, oh, he's yeah. kidnapped by aliens, crazy guy. Um the mothership appears and releases its alien pogs, which uh, <laughs> are the smaller motherships, kind of the battleships that will uh, eventually center over city yeah, centers. The warships, I guess. And what I thought was weird is when they pull away, when you see the underside of them, they got little uh, daisies on there. Little flowers. They've got the little center and then these little teardrops around it. I was like, it's a little flower. Got That's a little nice. flower. That's sweet. No wonder well, we thought you were coming in peace. Um, we've got a uh, weasel guy who's the uh, secretary of defense. I can't yeah. remember his, the actor's name, but he's a very, he, he died recently. Yeah. He always plays a weaselly guy and he's very good mm-hmm. um, at that. Um, we do have a really cool uh, visual effect when the, uh, m- the battleships appear over the city. They come in a big storm cloud, a fiery yeah, storm I saw that. cloud. Why though? I don't know, but it's very cool. It's very uh, cool, but everyone was just sort of like, like, they were more put off by the actual appearance of the ships, and I would actually be relieved. I was like, oh, it's just an alien battleship. It's not a huge fireball in the sky that's just hovering well, there for both. like years. I know, but yeah. it was, everyone just sort of looked at those. They're like, oh, that's weird. But yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's a giant fireball in the sky, and no, one's, no one ever explains like why there's just a giant fireball. I thought yeah. it was weird. That no one goes, well, they're entering our atmosphere. Or is that an effect they were doing? I have no idea. It was just weird. I didn't get weirded out by that. I do. All right. Especially because in that, that later scene, there's a helicopter that flies in to see what's going on, and it and bursts it just, into flames. That, that was the weirdest part, where it just... Got, and I was like, okay, so we're on edge now? And everyone's like, well, we'll just see what happens. Yeah. I'm like, you mean from the fire thing? But... It was really cool looking. It and looks. It let's looks be honest. Cool. That's why it was there. Yeah, I know. Um, I know exactly what's going on here. We have a uh, our first Pullman Loja talking like this. Off. <laughs> um, two dogs fighting over a soup bone. 
People uh, start to get freaked out uh, and start to evacuate the cities. Uh, we've got Harvey Firestein. The president saying, stays. President stays. We've got Harvey Firestein says, I better call my mother. Yeah. Um, we got uh, the townies making fun of Russell uh, for being abducted by aliens, which again, mm-hmm. this still makes sense in this part, getting kind some, of. Getting some anal sex jokes in there saying he got probed sexually. We uh, kind of late get our uh, first dose of the Fresh Prince. Uh, Right. Will Smith makes his first appearance, and he thinks it's just an earthquake when the kind of rumbling of the alien ship appearing. So we get some comedy in there. He the also beginning. walks around shirtless, also do, had a chest day or two. Mm-hmm. He's been working out. Um, we get a shot of the Twin Towers. Mm. It's too soon. Um, Will Smith uh, is charming. He's charming yeah, in this movie. that's his shtick. He, from the very beginning, he, he does a good job at that. Um, he's, uh, he's, got his, he's with his girlfriend and her son. Yeah, and uh, you know, being Jasmine. charming, and then he notices I don't know the kid's name. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is a weird scene. He goes out to get the paper. Yeah. Uh, he goes out to get the paper. Starts reading the He's paper on the on the. Uh, don't defend him. <laughs> well, I mean, like that's why it kind of takes a while. He's like, stu- right? You know. But I'm more into. He starts reading the paper on the driveway. Yeah. Notices everyone to his right is staring. No, they're packing up to leave. Well, one side is staring, and one side is packing up, and one side is staring. Because I was like, well, they're looking at something. The natural inclination is to look at what they're looking at. Unless you're a cat, then you just look at their fingers. (laughs) Exactly. And then he turns and he sees the other side, uh, the other house on the other side is packing up to leave. And then here's the the clincher is that then Vivica Fox's (laughs) girlfriend comes out and goes, hey, honey, you want some of this coffee? And she brings him a coffee mug. I'm like, he just went out to get the paper. Why? why He'll be back in the house. (laughs) Yes. I know you were picking up the paper, so I figured you probably want some coffee on the way back into the house. So here you go. We cut to David, uh, who figures out that uh, he hears the signal um, that's, that's, uh, that he picks up the alien signal and kind yeah. of decodes it, figures out that it's a... Well, it's like, I guess he figures out it's, it's uh, what is it, decreasing? He figures out something's yeah, it's eliminating go- it's itself. counting down. Right. He figures out it's a countdown. Um, and then he and uh, his dad... Judd Hirsch uh, take a road trip down to D.C. because he wants to tell his ex-wife, which is the not chief of staff, right. uh, what's going on. And uh, she will not listen to him on the phone. She hangs up. Right. And so. Judd Hirsch is forever, you know, he's saying, ah, I nah, with look, the traffic. I look like a schlemiel, oi vey. Yeah. And then uh, uh, Russell Case is arrested because he's dropping leaflets. Warning everybody that the aliens are coming, even though aliens are coming and really are people arresting people now. <laughs> well, they do um, immediately let him go yeah. because they've got bigger fish to fry. Believe you me, I believe is the yeah, quote. Yeah, that was where we get that, that quote. And uh, that's also where you find out that he was a Vietnam vet and is clearly suffering from post-traumatic oh, yeah. stress disorder. Um, Much like Randy Quaid. I don't know if he was a Vietnam vet, but he definitely has got some post-traumatic stress yeah. going on. Um, we get our first appearance of H. Khan, Harry Connick Jr., who is oh, yeah. uh, uh, Will Smith's like partner, like uh, but like best friend, best in their friend, confidant thing in the French Foreign Legion or whatever? And then they get uh, um, the gay, your favorite gay scene in the locker room where H. Uh, Con finds H. Con H. Con Jew. They find the uh, Jew. Don't say Jew. <laughs> they find that. Uh, well, first they find the letter from NASA that says that uh, Will Smith's character has been rejected to be an astronaut. I don't know why they're delivering these things now. It seems like they could be. Yeah. Well, we got to establish a plot. Yeah, but uh, that's a lot of this movie's faults. Is like thing people are just doing things to establish plot points. Yeah. Well, and you know, I guess if you're the the clerk 
that delivers mail for NASA. Like, what else are you going to do? I mean, it has only been one day. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Give them some credit. So, I don't know. Maybe they're like, well, it's not my department. I'm going to keep delivering this mail. NASA rejection? Here you are, sir. Um, And then uh, HCON finds uh, the engagement ring and uh, it, like, falls out of uh, Will Smith's locker. and he Ugly engagement ring. He finds it and then he's kneeling because he picks it up and he... uh, He's telling him he needs to kiss more ass. That's why he'll get ahead more. Yeah. So he's already kneeling, and then he finds the ring, and then he's like holds it up to him. And then someone walks in and is like holds up his hand as if like I won't tell. I it's, don't care. It's almost like a microcosm for the movie because no one would ever be like you have to kiss ass in this world. I like the one knee approach for kissing ass. So then he's down on one knee, and then this ring falls out, and he picks up the ring. He opens it, and then like holds it. In a way that only people who are proposing hold it. It's like a perfect microcosm of the faults of this movie. Like, people are just acting in ways to set up yeah. the next thing. Right, right, right. Um, that's probably our, our biggest homophobic moment. If there, It's not really that filled. It's not it. even that homophobic, It's really. just kind of like a, it's a very, like, eh? Right. Kind of thing. It's, it's not, yeah. Um, and I remember even as a uh, homophobic uh, 14-year-old, uh-huh. I remember being like, eh. Like it wasn't it wasn't that funny right. even then. So, um, if you want you want that grade A homophobia, bring it, Roland yeah. Emmerich. Come on, uh, he's not going to be the one. No, he's <laughs> not going to do it. Um, we find out that Jasmine is a stripper. Um, can we talk, wait? Hold on, but can we talk about how ugly that engagement ring is? It's got dolphins like swirling the around the diamond. He, yeah, he, the minute he, yeah, it's two dolphins, or maybe it's just a wave and a dolphin yeah. holding the ring in place. And it was just like, uh, the minute he says, she's got a thing for dolphins, I was like, I know exactly what kind of girl she is. Yeah, Ugh. a stripper. She probably likes a Winnie the Pooh. What's wrong with Winnie the Pooh? No one likes Winnie the Pooh. Oh, bother. <laughs> She probably has like an embroidered sweatshirt she got with her name on it with the Pooh characters coming out. Don't say the poo characters. <laughs> we get um, some tech mumbo-jumbo from David, and he geolocates the chief of staff, <laughs> not chief of staff, and uh, finds her location, and they go in and meet the president, um, and he gets to sort of explain what's going on. They're using uh, our satellites against us. Yeah, um, so we'll get to that in a second. Oh, First, sorry. They're going to send up uh, a light copter, so they've oh. got lights attached to a... a a chopper, and they're going to try to communicate with the aliens. Close encounters of a third kind type yeah. deal. And uh, then uh, it cuts back. Uh, they're kind of about to do this sequence, and then uh, the president gets called away because David's there, uh, and the chief of staff's called him in to... I'm just going to call it the chief of staff. That's um, fine. Uh, to explain what's going on, and he does, and apparently there's some history there uh, because... Right. Um, David and the president, although he was not the president at the time, got in some sort of bar fight because David was jealous because, I don't know. Well, we learned over the course of the movie that she, their marriage fell apart because she took a job, I guess, with an aspiring young politician. Um, yeah. And David uh, became jealous, thought they were having an affair, fought with the president, and then, then she ended the marriage and uh, moved to Washington, D.C. Yeah. to be in politics full that time. sounds pretty legit, actually. Yeah. And, um, it, and it also should be noted that I guess uh, Jeff Goldblum's character uh, went to MIT and yeah. he just works at a cable company, you know, making sure satellites don't get you yeah. know, interrupted by satel- aliens. He is a satellite expert. That's sure. So, yeah. Um, so he finds out and, and we cut to them uh, to David explaining that the aliens are using the Earth satellites to triangulate their message to, to the other ships. Sure. 
And then he realizes that he decoded the message, and then he shows, he turns around the computer, and it's got a countdown clock, and it's just... There was probably, like, a big brass section there. Yeah. The music is pretty overt, I will say. (laughs) Yeah. Brassy score. Brassy score. And we cut back to the welcome wagon, and uh, at this point... uh, (laughs) Echo one. It's already happening, but the president is trying to call them back, because he realizes that this is bad, they're hostile. Uh, But it's too late, it's already happening, and then we get a very kind of Looney Tunes-esque response from the... (laughs) The battleship where it just opens its little door, there's a light come out, and then you just hear pew, 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 and it just shoots them Shoots dead. them all dead. It was a very Marvin the Martian moment, like, just, bang. Yeah. You're done. And then we get, uh, boom, L.A., boom, New York City, boom, D.C., all Is that them attacked. blowing up? Yeah, okay. they get this giant, <laughs> sorry, blammo! <laughs> they are actually Bam. really... Really impressive, uh, huge yeah. explosions. Uh, There's a little green screeny, like if you if we're being particular about the uh, yeah, I didn't think it was but, that bad, but though. it was pretty good. And you know, we're watching on a TV and not on the big screen, but like it was, it, it held up. It was, it was, you know, you obviously know an effect because they use models. They use models, than CGI. yeah. Um, but uh, we get, and I was totally wrong about uh, Firestein's character. Saying, oh, fuck. He says, oh, crap. That's his final words. Oh, crap. Oh, well, so the president escapes just narrowly. His second copter full of staff does not escape. I'm assuming that's where his actual chief of staff was. Yeah, maybe. Um, And we see, uh, I keep wanting to call her Vanessa, but it's Vivica A. Fox. Yeah. Her character, she's stuck in traffic. L.A., am I right? Right. But also there's a giant fireball behind her from the weapon. So she's like, I got to get out of here. So she grabs her kid, uh, Boomer, the golden retriever, is also in the car. But she runs away from it, and she sees a utility closet in the overpass, and she kicks it open. And then she screams, Boomer, and what is me and my brother's favorite moment in the film because we were like what about the dog what about the dog yeah. what about the dog and then boomer runs in and he narrowly uh he airbuds his way yeah, he airbuds yeah. in and uh just the fireball narrowly missing him and apparently there's a scene later where they're, the next scene i think they're like we're looking at almost complete annihilation i don't even know if robert loja says that but i'll just give it to him and i'm like except of course for any utility, utility closets <laughs> that were any under under any overpasses boom july 3rd Oh yeah, rough July second. That was that. not a good day. These, no. None of these days are very good. I no, guess. they're all pretty bad. But we cut to like sort of the aftermath of this first attack, where we've got the statue of, statue of Liberty like buried and down. Over Ghostbusters you two style bastards. Yeah. Um, we've got a uh, the one of uh, Russell's kids says, "Pull over, man." He's feeling sick. Oh uh, right, yeah. I, I use that line sometimes. And uh, then we also get another line that I use from uh, Randy Quaid, Russell, who says. Look at all that. He just points uh, to the horizon because he sees a bunch of RVs, I guess. Yeah, RVs, like escaping destruction, what have you. Uh, then we get uh, Fresh Prince and H-Con. They're ready to kick some ETS. Hair-Con Jew. And uh, then we get a nice Jesse Jackson impression from H-Con. Which you don't see it enough. We don't get that much anymore. Not much Jesse Jackson. I guess he's sort of taken taking himself out of relevance. Well, we're going, we're going on to the Al Sharpton if we do have a reference. That's true. When I impersonate. Um, we find out that the, uh, battleships have a force field, so their weapons are useless against them. And then we get the baby alien ships that all come out. And, they all uh, look like little, uh, horseshoe crabs. Pew, 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 pew. And I was kind of like, uh, it's cool for the movie, but in logic sense, you're kind of like, why do they even have those? Cause they can't be, their yeah, ships so- can't be damaged. So they could just sit there and take attacks 
and they can level cities with way better uh, efficiency than if yeah. they send out those little ships. So Good point. Fits into the of, overall problems of this movie. <laughs> yeah, it seemed kind of like, uh... Anyway, it's not something that I've ever thought about like, to, until this time, but it's uh-huh. just kind of like... What? I've never thought about it at all. Good catch on that one. Yeah. Um, then we get... Uh, I guess they're over... I mean, they're over being, you know, f- pretending to be... I mean, not that they ever really were pretending to be friendly, but they're just like, all right, well, just yeah. take out these guys. We don't want them bugging us all day. Yeah, I mean, for the movie, it's like it's cool, so sure. it makes sense. But um, Fresh and H Con, they're in a dogfight with the uh, the little baby uh, alien ships. H uh, Con dies. He does some dumb thing where he it, it doesn't matter. He dies. I couldn't even follow what it he was, was doing. I don't know why he didn't just get shot down, but he does some weird thing where he like banks. Too he's like, I'm gonna do this, and he's like, I can't. And he's like, you can't breathe when you bank that fast. And then he's like, ah, ah. and then, and then, he, then he gets <laughs> shot by an alien anyway. And I was like, so, why didn't what? I don't know why they had to make him incompetent and then die. Why they, couldn't he just get anyway? It was interesting. And then and uh, we all mourn because that's everyone's favorite character. I love yeah. the character who's just the rapscallion funny guy. Yeah. You love forced fun. Oh, loved it. Uh fresh crashes and the uh he ejects and the alien follows his jet into the ravine. They're like flying through the Grand Canyon, it looks like. And then Yeah. Um, Any monument we can get our hand. Natural, unnatural, yeah. we got it. And the alien crashes and then we get uh probably the best scene, which is Will Smith and this alien. <laughs> They're sharing screen <laughs> The comedy time. duo of a lifetime. Pretty much just anytime it's Will Smith and the alien or Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum, it's it's gold. Sign me up. Um we get him uh the 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 <sighs> Fuck. Will Smith ejects out of his jet, lands yeah. in the desert, and the the alien uh, horseshoe crab ship, you know, Crushes. hits over the edge of the Grand Canyon, lands you know near him. He comes running up well, in a scene his, that we all parachute know. Parachute first, you got to do that where he right he, he lands, gets caught on his and parachute. And get, he's off like, get off me! Get off me! Ship all banged up. Yeah, and uh, I'd like to. I just want to point this out to the internet real quick because this has become a meme in in years since. Yeah, he opens the thing, and according to the internet, he punches the uh, alien. alien in the face and says, "Welcome to Earth." Yeah, I'd like to point out, and this is no news here, but yeah. internet, you're fucking racists. <laughs> Will Smith clearly says, "Welcome to Earth," and he. Really hits that th. Yeah, it's very clear that he does not say Earth. It's like a dialect coach for the alien. Yeah. <laughs> I want you to know what planet you're. This on. is it, and it's pronounced Earth. So, uh, internet, stop that. Stop yeah. with those big, bold-faced white fonts with the black outlines, and the stop with the Earth. Stop, stop. You know he doesn't say it. You're just a bunch of racists. It's weird because. Uh, I, maybe because of the internet, I was like, yeah, that's what he, he says, Earth. That sounds like something, right? right. And then, then you're like, when you watch it, because I remember watching it when someone maybe posted an article where being like, no, he clearly says, or it was maybe like a cracked article or something. And <laughs> right. then I was like, huh. And then I, you see it and you're like, no, he very clearly says Earth. <laughs> uh, it's just kind of weird. We're weird. People are weird. Well, just racist. Racist. <laughs> Um, and then uh, he goes, you know, the now that's what I call a close encounter. Uh, <laughs> that was more Matthew McConaughey than anyone. Hey, I can only do so all many right, impressions. Right, okay, right. you get Winnie the Pooh, you get Matthew McConaughey, <laughs> and you get a spot on George Takai. That's the <laughs> only things I can uh, do. Uh, 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 uh. Um, we get uh, Jasmine gets a Princess uh, Jasmine, Princess DJ Jazzy Jazz um, <laughs> gets a uh, a truck like that she finds, and of course. 
the keys. As always, as we all know, I mean, we all know the answer because that's where I store my keys. That's where you store your keys. Anyone listening to this podcast right now or any, any time ever left your keys in the visor? This is a very movie trope thing. Like, to the point where it's just accepted as this is how it happens. Yeah. But it's so weird, as unlike, you know, tracing a call, which supposedly can be done instantaneously. Yeah. You know how in movies is always like, we gotta, we don't, he's not on long enough to trace the call. Yeah. I'm like, well, my phone can trace a call almost instantaneously. Yeah. It tells me the phone number. Um, but in movies, like, even though we all drive and we all have keys that we keep on our persons... <laughs> Movies seem to insist that, now nah, you keep them all in the visor, am I right? Yeah. Maybe it's an L.A. thing, and they just think it's like, a, maybe if we went maybe. to L.A., we would just be opening car doors, and keys would be in just visors. driving Camaros around. <laughs> and, um, I don't know why I went to Camaro, but uh, <laughs> whatever. Your dream car. Um, David is on the plane on Air Force One, and he's pukey. He gets yeah, he gets air sickness. Yeah, air sickness. Um, we get buddy, poor buddy. <laughs> we get uh, a, a nice quote from Judd Hirsch's character where he, uh, you know, says, "All you need is love." John Lennon, smart man, shot in the back of the head. Very, Very sad. sad. <laughs> um, we find out through a conversation with the uh, the Joint Chiefs or whatever the the kind of brain the rest of the cabinet and the president that Area Fifty One is real, and uh, right. the president know, didn't know about it, but the uh, Secretary of Defense did. Oh, and this reminds me of the stupid trope in this movie that the president is unable to lie. Yeah, I mean, I think that's just meaning that the his wife sees through his lies. No, no, no. They do it again because he's like, why wasn't I told about this? And the Secretary of Defense says, uh, two words, plausible deniability. That's not necessarily... No, I he, think they're playing up like he's such he's, a good guy. Well, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess. Uh, it's really annoying. <laughs> yeah. That one didn't bother me as much as the, the did The more I watch it, the more it drives me insane. I was like, it's okay. I, I support this fake yeah. president. Right. He's fine. It's okay if you have state secrets, actually. <laughs> I don't really need to know everything that's going on. Um, and then we got uh, DJ Jazzy Jazz finds the first lady. <laughs> she's injured. She was in right. a helicopter crash before the, she took, could take off. Uh, but she's alive. And uh, they find her in there. Just live and just check. leaning against the helicopter. Just um, hanging out. We get another great line uh, from Fresh Prince, uh, dragging the alien along. He's just kind of walking <laughs> through the desert, and he goes, "I could have been in a barbecue." <laughs> that is a funny line. Uh, and then what? Is I that tell you smell? that the comedy duo of this movie, they and are, one of them never even talks. They are one of the top two, at least. <laughs> top two duos. Top four. It's like a road movie. Um, everybody kind of goes to Area Fifty One. We get uh, Colonel Casey. Uh, Jane Cobb from uh, Serenity and Firefly, uh, the guy from Chuck, Adam Oh, Baldwin. right. We get Data. Uh, yeah, Brett Spiner. Yeah, he, he plays a... Brent Spiner. A uh, kind of... He's like the head of the, the scientist. scientist who's been indoors too long. Of Area 51, I guess. Yeah. Um, There's have- another weird moment where they're like, uh, they're showing them around, showing the president the remaining government <laughs> around area 51 and he's like this is uh this is where we do all of our research and the president's like let me in i don't remember what he actually says he's like actually we have to keep it static free for science reasons yeah and then it's like let me in and it's like all right i guess okay. this is all fucked then <laughs> all this work we've been doing for um 
And then uh, Data shows him around, and we've, they've got a spaceship because the actual uh, Roswell um, space crash, spacecraft crash, was actually real, and it was one right. of these uh, of the smaller spacecrafts. So they've got, yeah, they've got a spaceship. They've got uh, dead aliens that they keep in formaldehyde or whatever. Um, and he says that oh, they com- he casually mentions that they communicate with telepathy, which is interesting. Um, <laughs> Right. Uh, must be th- through some other means. Yeah. Probably telepathy. And then uh, Russell and the band of RVs come upon uh, the Fresh Prince dragging the alien. They bring him to Area 51. So now he's there. That alien is still alive and he kills everybody. They're kind of dissecting his biosuit and going to try to... That biosuit thing. Is... It was very creepy. This is a very like horror movie moment. No, uh, it is very creepy. But like when they start cutting... I, ever since I've seen this movie as a kid, I remember being like, wait, how does the suit work? Yeah. Why is it a biomechanical suit? I was reading some of the, uh, the trivia and this actually made it make more sense than it ever has. Basically, uh, Roland Emmerich received two alien designs from, I can't remember what person it was, but somebody that was involved right. in the movie. And he liked both of them. So this was his way of incorporating both of them. Which That's is- the decision making on this film. <laughs> Just like, yeah, fuck it, we'll figure out how to do both. So yeah, it doesn't make a ton of sense, but it's uh, the, in general it makes sense. They have an exo. Skeleton suit, bio suit, and they. I mean, it makes sense, like that they would not be just naked everywhere. But when they actually like cut open the biomechanical suit, he's not. It opens, and I'm like, where is he? Yeah, and then he's like behind all this fleshy stuff, and I'm like, yeah, where the fuck? How does he see anything? This doesn't make any sense. It's alien technology, Damon. You wouldn't understand. He uses some sort of other communication, like telepathy. Unless you're Jeff Goldblum, then you do. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, 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 mm, yes. Well, uh, uh, yes. The biomechanical. uh, A computer virus. Um, (laughs) Yeah, they try and do an autopsy. The alien gets all Frankenstein on him. His hand starts twitching. That's what I mean. Kills everybody. And he kills everyone, strangles Brett Spiner, who. he then starts communicating through, talks through him. probably through some sort of you know extrasensory perception like telepathy. Release me, and then uh, throws Brett Spiner to the floor, and then uh, ham-faced McGee, almost handsome, comes over, puts his fingers on his neck. Oh, wait, 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 wait! You skipped you skipped a really important part where he slams uh, uh, Doctor Data up against the wall, and he's using him to talk, and they uh, they communicate with him. He's at first he's saying "release me," and then they're saying. Uh, you know, we can, we, president saying we can have peace. And he says, peace, no peace. And he's like, right. well, what do you want from us? And then he says, die. And right. uh, then he also, uh, does some sort of telepathy oh, laser shit. thing only to the president. And to so the president has this like really splitting headache, I guess. And he also, uh, is getting kind of mind melded with the alien. Right. So, uh, so they, they say, shoot the alien and, uh, Colonel Casey shoots him, and uh, the alien dies, and then, uh, yeah, then he goes and checks on Dr. Right, so Data. Right, so he checks on Dr. Data. I only say this because he has a face. He never says anything, so I'll give him this credit. He yeah. has a face, though, that Brett Spiner's character is dead. Yeah. But Brett Spiner will be in ID4 colon 2 resurrection yeah. or whatever the fuck it's called. Right. Um, and then here's another example of, like, things just going for plot points. You know, the movie, yeah. people acting in ways that only pushes the plot forward, not in any logical way. He tells Bill Pullman, and Bill Pullman alone, like, oh, by the way, we sort of do this thing all the time where we just come into a planet, use up all its resources, yeah. and then kill everyone who lives on it. Then we move on to another planet. Just wanted you to know, so you know how we like to do things around I get- here. I get the impression, and it's still 
very much to move the plot forward. But yeah. I get the impression it was more of they connected because he was like trying to attack him with telepathy or whatever. And so he it was kind of a mind meld where he just saw what they do. Not that necessarily the alien. No, I'm not defending <laughs> it. I'm just saying that that was the impression that what I thought the movie was trying to say. is that Maybe. But it was always like, was why a- does it even matter? It just I guess I never got the feeling that... If- Felt like the way Bill Pullman said it, I always took it as like he purposefully showed me what, He's a Bond what they villain do. Who right. explained his whole thing? No, I th- now that you're all about to die, maybe I should explain my little plan. Well, here and I for think this planet. is really important for what I've seen of the trailer of the new movie is that like he still has a connection to them, and he's gone crazy. Like he's like. Oh, they're uh, com- I knew they'd come back or whatever because he has some weird connection. Sure, and you know it's one of those. Do you like, think he fell in love with the alien? A little maybe, bit? yeah. Maybe that's what we're gonna find mm. out. And then uh, when he wakes up from the mind meld, he says, "Nuke the bastards!" Right, because that's a discussion going on whether we should just yeah. b- nuke them, and he doesn't want to do that because it's American soil. But now yeah. he's now he's pissed. Now he does not give a shit about collateral damage or Houston, Texas, yeah. for that matter. And then, but who uh, does? Fresh Prince steals a chopper to go find uh, his lady to find. Jasmine. Finds her almost instantly. Yeah, he does <laughs> find her really easily in the first. Lady. He just lands. Not I mean, sure he how. might have stopped at a lot of different places, yeah. bothered a lot of beautiful young women, and said, "Oh, you're not sorry. You're not sorry, my girlfriend. I can't take you in this chopper to safety." Right, and so then he's just, but he stops the plane and just yells out, "Jasmine!" And she's right there. <laughs> she's like, "Yeah, here, here I am." And of course, the uh, the nukes don't work. They uh, just bounce right off the uh, the shield. Well, we don't see them bouncing, but they don't work. Uh, I like this setup because it was it was the Houston set was really just a street sign that said University of Houston this way. Yeah, and uh, they really did a very little, uh, yeah, very little work on this. Let's just say the budget was eaten up elsewhere. <laughs> um, so they get the first lady to a hospital, and she dies. Um, yeah. And uh, we get a very cute Mary Whitman saying, is mommy sleeping? Which, mm, yes. Um, you do a good little girl. And that's Your daddy's little girl. That was July 3rd. Now we're to July 4th. Um, we get uh, David is despairing because it's all hope seems lost, and now we're using nukes, and he's worried right. about the planet, and he, he's drunk, and he just doesn't care anymore. And then he uh, his... Father comes to give him a, a pep talk. It's your favorite type of conversation. Yeah, we get uh, one of my favorite movie tropes because he says, all right, get off the floor. You're going to catch cold. And he's like, what did you say? <laughs> you're, you're a, a genius. genius. Uh, and so he uses the catch cold to realize that he's going to give them a virus, a computer virus. Full Shatner, almost full Shatner yeah. from Goldblum on this and, one. And uh, it's going to disable them so you can uh, take them down, take, take them, them out. out. Uh, do Whatever your, you do. Do your stuff. I love um, him. I love him. So, yeah, that describing the plan scene is very good. That is that is vintage Goldblum. Um and we get uh, all of a sudden Secretary of Defense turns villain more. He's always been kind of like the naysayer, but... The, What's weird is like he's 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 very, all, he's very go very uh, uh, game for shooting nukes at yeah. the Houston ship, and then it's weird when Jeff Goldblum's like, "I got this plan where we can upload a computer virus." Then he's like, "What are you crazy? We got this cock." I think he actually says cockamamie scheme, yeah. Yeah. and I'm like, "You just okayed nuking a, a major metropolitan area, but you're." Not okay with just flying one of their ships with two people on it up yeah. into a thing. Well, I guess it's just the, like, what's the problem now? The impression seems that like he doesn't like it because it wasn't his idea, but Maybe. it's also like it's a, it's pretty legit to be 
skeptical of any plan. That's the whole point of having many people deciding right. these things is that you get lots of dissenting opinions and reasons why, but he's not colored as a, uh, a, a smart, capable secretary of right. defense. He's a villain. And it's, it's kind of like not really necessary. It's, it's, I guess, satisfying when he gets fired by the president or immediately right. after this scene, but I, but it's kind of like, that seemed like a side mission. We could have cut it seemed weird, 10 yeah. minutes off of this movie by just cutting that. Which characters. could use it. Yeah. Anyway. Um, and then there's also, uh, Goldblum says, any questions? And it was like, yes, plenty. <laughs> I'm so glad you asked. Um, thank God I brought a notepad. They're going to question co- one. They're going to coordinate the, a worldwide attack with Morse code. So they can't really communicate through beep, satellites beep, anymore. Beep, 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 beep. Um, yeah. and we get Ross. Just in case you didn't know what Morse code is. That's the sound. Good. That was good. Um, we get, uh, they're asking for pilot volunteers cause they've got enough equipment, but they don't, they're running out of pilots. And then we get, right. I'm fly, I'm pilot. Uh, some more like per- Paris Hilton, like drunk out of. I can fly. That's I can hot. Pie. I can do it. Paris Hilton. Sorry, I'm you know 34. It's weird because it's an old reference, but it's still like within the last. It's like decade. S- still kind of new, so it's almost worse than if you right. just reference like Clark Gable. It's or obviously something. <laughs> like trying to be like relevant, but it's not. Have you heard of this Britney Spears? <laughs> She's crazy. Um, and then we get, uh, he mentions, Russell mentions when he volunteers that he was abducted by aliens. And then we get this eye rolling from Major Casey right. and, and uh, his what? partner in crime. And it's like, wait, 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 wait. At first, that made sense that everybody thought he was crazy, but like now it doesn't. To it, make yeah. Fun. This uh, like, we totally know that tr- aliens exist now. He clearly is an alcoholic. He's clearly. Uh, suffering from PTSD, but he also could be telling the truth. We don't, don't really know. I, it reminded me of the logic in like Christmas movies where Santa exists, where people are like, oh, this guy thinks he's Santa Claus. So I'm like, yeah, but Santa Claus exists in this world. Where the fuck do you where think do you those th- presents exactly. are coming from? <laughs> you know you're not buying them. Um, so with this plan, um, uh, the Fresh Prince. With and this plan, Ivy Wed. Gold Bloom will have 30 seconds to escape. So uh, it's going to be real tight. Just in and out. Just a little old in and out. <laughs> You're going to have to do the old <laughs> in and out. Then um, we, uh, Jazz and the Fresh Prince get married <laughs> yep. uh, real quick in a quick ceremony. And then. And uh, Gold and uh, Chifo stay. Uh, <laughs> They rekindle their love, but they do not get married. Cause the cause, the cause. No, no. <laughs> um, they sort of are holding hands. And yeah, yeah. She sees that he's still wearing his wedding ring. Um, You'll be daddy's little girl. Then we get the, in a different way than before, though. <laughs> in like a sexual way. Sexual. We in get, a more sexual. We way. get the famous Pullman Independence Day speech. Yeah, which uh, yeah, we will it's not go speech. quietly into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. We're gonna live on. Parting is We're gonna survive. sweet sorrow. I will not have it in a house. I will not <laughs> eat it with a mouse. It is a little rhymy, but it's a good speech, especially right. for off the cuff. Is he's supposed to just good be job, kind of improving? Um, then we get suck uh, it, FDR. Fresh and Goldie uh, take off. <laughs> And uh, we get some more really good buddy cop comedy here. Yeah, with, all of a sudden it's like a buddy cop movie. Just yeah. like for this last, you know, this last uh, 20 minutes. Fresh Prince goes the wrong way on accident because he's driving an alien spaceship. Give him a fucking break. Yeah, let's not but, pick uh, on him too much. Yeah, let's go again. Yes, yes. We don't, even know if the hoops. we don't even know if their directions are the same as ours. Yeah. Do they even have forward? Think about it. Think about it. Maybe we're the aliens. <laughs> um, 
So we get some really good oh. lines there. And then I, this is the first time I've ever noticed this. I was kind of calling out why the baby ships exist. But also, none of the baby ships seem to ever dock with the mothership, and they're flying directly to it. Mm-hmm. So it seems a little weird, but for the plot, it's it, totally forgivable. But it's also like, that seems like that would be suspicious. They'd be like, right. why the fuck are you? What are you doing here? You're supposed to with those other ones, the yeah. daisy chain ships. Um, the mothership looks like a giant flea. I don't know if you noticed. Yes, that. that's a good description. Yeah, um, because and it's then an investigation. We get a really weird line reading. Uh, there's a couple of these uh, in this uh, movie, but this is one from Will Smith when they fly oh. in to the mothership and they see um, more like troops of the aliens. Yeah, on the we actually see stuff. the aliens like in formation and like in yeah. line. So there's millions of them. What, what are they doing here? And then we get Will Smith that says. Looks like they're preparing for an invasion. He says it like he just woke up out of a sound sleep. I think it's supposed to be just like ominous, but it's also like, yeah. First of all, yeah. Yes. What do you think's been happening? But also, it was just a weird. It took me out of it this time. I've I've not noticed it before. So, what if his character doesn't realize that Los Angeles is gone? Think about it. What do you mean? No, I'm just joking. Oh, okay. He doesn't realize. He's thought, he thought we were still in stage one, where the ships were just hanging out over the cities. <laughs> he never was, got the word. I still thought it was an earthquake. <laughs> Racial. Damn it. Um, the virus works, and uh, we start seeing blamo, blamo, the... the um, President is flying now, by the way. Oh, I forgot part, about that part. The older he's I get, the more F-18. it pisses me off. Yeah, he should definitely not. I mean, I guess on one hand... Like, the government's down to what? Like, five or six people? It's basically just the space commander that's going to be <laughs> the president, I guess. Because the, pres- the vice president, we learn at some point, has died. And the rest of the cabinet. So, there is no working government, as far as the United States goes, if this guy right. dies. But Certainly he, not any elected officials at this point. Yeah, but he decides to fly, because he used to be a pilot. And, uh, right. So he's there, and they start shooting at the uh, the one of the battleships that's over top of Area 51, and uh, it starts working. Eventually, it, it starts working. Right, because David um, uploaded his virus. Yeah, and so they're they're fighting uh, the little pew, ships pew, that are around, and it's a, it's a dogfight, and uh, they're, they're damaging the ship, but it's not enough. It's um, definitely not enough. And then they find out that uh, uh, everybody's out of missiles. Doesn't anybody <laughs> have any missiles left? Uh, and then we get Russell Case has one missile left, and it gets locked. He can't shoot it, but he flies it into the ship's penis that's about to blow everybody well, up. Well, it's an anus-penis combo. Yes, the sphincter like a- opens to reveal a penis that comes down, and then the penis, wait for it, also, oh, also opens. opens up. Anyway, so he he kamikazes into that and uh, blows up the uh, uh, battleship, right. and then now they know how to take him down, which is apparently kamikazing into the <laughs> space penis. But just don't make sure your missiles aren't locked, and you should be able to take it down. I do want to say before we go past the scene is yeah. that I think analyzing does anybody have any missiles left? Yeah. I think it's because it's in a such a quick cut. Yeah, those are the cuts mm-hmm. um, that. It's almost like steps on his first word, so all of a sudden someone's yelling at you after yeah. you just, like, it cuts to this shot and he's just in, oh, practically in mid-sentence. And then Randy Quaid pops in and it's just so jarring that it's one of those things, like, the first time you don't mind it, but the more you watch the movie that you're sort of aware of it, you're like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Why does he say that? If you're like us, and uh, hopefully if you're listening to this, you're a little like us, uh, 
it may strike you as odd and it may tickle you a little bit like it did us. <laughs> it's not particularly like the worst thing ever or no. anything, but it's it's kind of like that Will Smith line reading where it's just a little off. It's like uh, Tommy if, Boy when they it, start saying road, the more road. Yeah, uh, that's from Black Sheep. Oh, sorry. Tommy Boy too. <laughs> um, AKA the same movie. But uh, it's just a little weird. And if, you, if it hits you in the right light on Christmas morning when there's snow outside... <laughs> You find Today it really funny. It's Christmas Day. Yeah. So, um, okay, so they take that down, and now our heroes up in the mothership are in trouble because their ship um, has been tractor beamed in and it's locked in, and they, they got the virus to work, but now they can't leave. Because they, yeah, they got the. Yeah. But finally, they decide to, um, they're like, all right, we're going to launch the nuke. They launch the nuke, and through the confusion or whatever happens when they launch the nuke, it, their ship gets released and they start flying out of there. Sure. So now they have to beat, they only have 30 seconds to escape the mothership. And the mothership ship explodes in a nuclear explosion we see our heroes get sort of caught up in the shock wave and we don't know whether they've survived or not so right back down on earth we see that the uh the mother they're the, probably dead i mean it's a safe yeah, bet it's, it's probably there seems like one of those movies um and back down on earth we see that the, all the battleships are being taken down all over the world we know how to take those sons of bitches down <laughs> robert uh, loja and we get a lot of sons of bitches in this right um, Robert Loja is most peach pit in a general sudiest. That was him. I'm sorry. <laughs> what? He just looks like a peach pit okay. that's wearing a general suit. I went straight to uh, where did they hang out? The peach pit is that the nine hundred two one zero nine hundred two one zero? It was a diner in a pe- in a general <laughs> suit. It's like I'm really confused. Um, so we don't know what's happening to those guys. Wait. There's something on the radar. They fly out. Uh, they're, they've crash landed, but they're okay, and they've saved the world. And we see the Mike Tyson's Punch Out version of the world, <laughs> where we get like we saw this earlier when the United Nations are getting together to to alarm the attack. Um, we see this again where there's like French people in striped black and white yeah, shirts smoking, smoking cigarettes. cigarettes. We see people in Africa that are in tribal gear, like raising spears. We see turbans, yeah, turbans. So it's very we like piston Hondo. <laughs> King Hippo is there. He's got a little crown. We got uh, Soda Popinski, like <laughs> um, Raging right. Bull. What was no Raging? Bull? Raging Bull. Bald Bull. <laughs> Bald Bull. God Don't damn it. it. Um, that's our movie. That's in ID4, Independence Day. <laughs> Which is the first one in the series. Yeah. ID4, colon one, the beginning. <laughs> the Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> but night with an N, not a K. Right, of course. Well, not to be confused with the Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> so what do you think? It was, it was good. Uh, it was, you know, there's... Since we're watching this, you know, to pick out to pick at it, um, there's plenty of things to find. But, sure, but it's a good summer blockbuster. I, uh, Inner Child, definitely not an idiot. If I'm going straight to verdict, like, oh, well, like, okay. I think it's uh, there's plenty to pick apart. Uh, there's plenty that uh, you know, it's not like a particularly progressive you know movie there's not like it's not saying anything as far as oh like no yeah an agenda or anything and i think that's okay like that's well it's moral is wouldn't it be nice if the world wasn't destroyed right or well i mean there's a little bit of like we can we can do anything if we band together that kind sure. of like it's a very thin like it's the 
thinnest layer of butter on a nice piece of toast. <laughs> you know, like it's right. not it's not slopped on there, and it's not really even hammered that much because I don't think a lesson was the point of this movie. It's just a no. story. You're the one who started talking about lessons. Yeah, I guess I, guess <laughs> I brought it up. Uh, I'm fine. I'm arguing against no one. Um, what do you think? Uh, I think it's fine. I think, yeah, watching it this time, though, I realized how long it is. And there's a lot of flab in there. It is more bloated than I remember. Especially the first act is pretty spot on, like, for yeah. a disaster movie. Like, when they... Sets up the stakes, like, you know. But, like, I noticed watching it this time that every time I watch it, there's a little bit of, like, I'm a little crestfallen after the initial cities are are destroyed. Because yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, we got to get through this stuff to get to the last part. Yeah, Act where, Two is the is the kind of where a lot it, of the bloat is. Yeah, it's a lot of like, oh, the first lady died, which I mean, I think is unnecessary. Like, maybe we could have just had her stay alive, just not for some reason. Like, she has to be in Los Angeles, I guess, so we have more people like we're connected with. Yeah, but I don't know. Her death scene, I was just like, okay, yeah, it, we hadn't spent that much time with her right. in order to like connect with her, so it was just like, let's go. Well, and you can see why one of the things that I never really um, took note of before was just how large the ensemble is. Mm. And I think that for any complaints that are totally valid of the sort of thin drawing of the characters, it, it's got to be at least mostly due to that. There is a lot of people to a talk lot of to. people to talk and you it's really evident in the first act when they're just introducing everybody that's the first like 25 minutes of the movie it's just been like oh this guy and this guy and this lady and this uh-huh. like and you're kind of like okay okay all right yeah I I, see i'm writing it here. down i got it and and you know that's what you have to do you have to introduce the characters but just the the, the size number of the of cast mm-hmm. and, and even with a movie that it's that's two hours and whatever 24 two, two minutes, hours and 30 minutes long yeah you're you don't have enough time to really feel the impact. I mean, like it's sad when the first lady dies, but yeah, it's, it's not fine. I it's just not didn't feel particularly like... hard hitting. Right. Um, and especially when you're at the end, you're like, I just want to sort of let's go. Let's go. Yeah. And so it's, it's kind of interesting. And you, they do have some, they do have character beats, you know, like, uh, um, Will Smith's character deciding to commit to the woman he loves, despite the fact that she's a stripper, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's not like a, all that interesting, but it is, you know, character <laughs> right. beats. Right. And honestly, the best character things in this movie are the improvised, supposedly improvised dialogue where right. you see the, the chemistry between like Goldblum and, and Will Smith, you know, and like stuff like that. I think also watching this r- r- makes me even more cognizant of how not excited I am about the new one. Uh, not yeah. that, you know, they couldn't have found a replacement for Smith, but he's just such... He's great. He really does make the... He's the everyman. He makes this work. He brings in... I mean, I just think that his chemistry with Goldblum are really, is really good. And Goldblum is such an offbeat, like, yeah. actor that I don't... I doubt he's, like, going to carry this new movie. I'm sure they're going to hand it off to bland piece of steak Hemsworth and yeah. other guy who I don't know who Liam. plays the son and then um and then whoever plays the first daughter grown up not Mae Whitman rude um, rude uh you know, it's just going to be like, yeah, these pretty people will handle it from here on out. It's just like the new members of cast don't look as interesting as what the original movie cobbled together. Yeah, and and I feel like Will Smith is just re- has that ability to be super charming, yeah. like instantaneously, where you're already like you're already invested yeah. in him so easily. I think now, like so far into Will Smith's acting career, like it's really easy to sort of like take his charisma, and he's done 
it's bad things as well. Sure. It's good things. It's really easy to sort of like take his charisma for granted, you know, or like get tired of it or mm-hmm. whatever. Like we've seen it. Okay. Get, I, we get it. You're Will Smith, you know, right. but like this was one of the first ones and he's like, you know, he's electric. He's really great on like, he's funny. He's, uh, you believe his character, you know, like, and you believe that he could do some cavalier flying into space stuff as sure. well as be funny and stuff like, and that's not an easy thing. Like you couldn't, so it'll be difficult for, you know, the, whoever the next character is to kind of Kyle. Kyle. I, it just reminds me like how not excited for this new one. And also this one, I think, even though it is still in that vein of there's a lot of CGI, especially early CGI going on here, there's a lot of model work Yeah, that I think a lot of people, at least movie directors today, seem to underestimate. Yeah. Um, and the reliance on CGI in the trailers I've seen for this new one look like it's going to be really CGI really heavy computery, which can be really like after a while, you don't know what the fuck you're looking at. Nothing looks like it actually exists or has any weight yeah. in the real world. And I think that was one of the strengths of this movie is that it's aged pretty well. Like there are a few moments where I'm like, mm. yeah. but otherwise, I mean, everything looks like it's an actual thing hanging in space. That's actually there. The fakest thing I think is the dog, like jumping. Oh yeah. At some green the, screen. Yeah. Stuff. Some green screen stuff. But you don't really, at that moment, you don't really care. Cause you're just like, yeah, the Um, And yeah, there were some other explosions like that when planes are moving in front of explosions. I'm like, but I mean, that's just nitpicky stuff. Yeah. And this new one and just movies in general, exhausted by all the CGI. Just build something. And there's something to the fact that because movies now can do pretty much anything. Yeah. And it looks decent, you know, at least at least, uh, you know, it looks passable mm-hmm. at worst. Uh, well, not at worst, but <laughs> but they can make it almost anything look passable that you don't have the sort of, I think, you know, there's always the, the adage that, like, the restriction actually adds to the art. You know, the fact that they couldn't, they had to build, right. if they want to blow up the Washington Monument, they have to build a model of the Washington Monument, you know, right. and now you could sort of render anything. And I think a lot of directors, you know, Michael Bay, I'm looking at you, like, can just sort of, wash over that like they're yeah. like oh well, well we'll just do everything since we can and it's like oh you still have to have some sort of resonance with with it i have and, to believe that it's actually happening and we're talking about a popcorn blockbuster right, right now in this movie this is not some deep thing but at least because of that i think some of the realness to it really does add some i don't know it, it hits harder because you're like that looks like the the capitol building blowing up you know yeah. So. so it's not a perfect movie, but it's a fun movie. Yeah. It's just a little bloated in the middle, in the midsection. And I, this is the first time that I'm noticing that. Uh, but it's also the first time in a good while that I've watched the entire thing from front to back. So, <laughs> you know, that could be part of it, too. Uh, I don't know. What's your verdict? My inner child is not an idiot. All right. There you go. What Fucking you, simple. <laughs> what do you think, listeners at home? Uh, you can email us at... Your inner child is an idiot at gmail.com. You can find us on our website, your inner child is an idiot.com. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. You can find Damon on Twitter at Damon Xanth, X A N T H. You can find me on Twitter at DJ Phillips. If you like what you hear, please uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. You can uh, rate and review us there. Um, you can find Damon's excellent webcomic, Drewford. Drewforcomic.com. You can find my music at djphillips.com. You can find uh, you know, search engine, google.com. That's good. Uh, you can find love at match.com. Yeah. You could find uh, recipes, marthastewart.com. Those are good. All right. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye.
Does anybody have any missiles left, though? Seriously. 